This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Welcome to the Kickin' Life Podcast. Your host, your truly Kickin' Life guru, Master Rich Grogan. Hey, as Rocky says, nothing hits harder in life. It's not about how hard you can hit, but how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. And that's how winning is done. And I want you to be a winner. I want you to be your very, very best. I want to inspire and motivate you to believe in yourself. So when, not if, but when life knocks you down, you get right back up with that confidence that I can take on more, I can do more, and I can live my best kick in life. All right, so buckle up, saddle up, here we go. Hey, Kicking Lifers out there, how we doing? Hope you're having a fantastic day. Well, coming at you again with a bunch of inspiration, motivation, and, you know, help you give you the tools to live your best kick in life. Today, we're going to focus mostly on excuses that might be or probably are holding you back. And I'm just as guilty as anybody else, uh, especially in the past. But now I'm doing everything I can when I see those excuses start to pop up or I feel, a, uh, I call them weeds of negativity, pop up in the mind to quickly, you know, almost like get in a fight with myself to bury those things and say, ah, oh, we're not going there. And I want to start things off with a little story. And I actually did a video blog on this a couple of days ago. And it was uh, just how quickly negativity sets in. And I mean, it's it's crazy why it's so easy just to turn to the dark side, if you will, and how quickly that negativity, those seeds of negativity, those roots or weeds of negativity pop up. I mean, just there. So paint the picture for you here. Emmett, my youngest son, and I were at the uh, the ice rink on Wednesday, and we're homeschooling Emmett this year, which is working out extremely well. And, and to be 100% honest, five years ago, we thought about homeschooling, and I said, oh, there is no way, but, you know, trying to keep an open mind, being humble about things, dropping the ego, and it's it's the right thing for Emmett. It really, truly is. Uh, the poor little guy, he, I don't know, he's, I don't want to say a genius, but my gosh, he is smart beyond words. I don't know where he got that from. I guess his mom, but uh, anyway, he's extremely smart, and he would get his work done at school extremely early, and then he would sit around and wonder why all these kids, one, it was taking them so long, two, why this kid was kicking the chair, why this kid was writing, why this kid was throwing paper on the floor, why this kid had his card moved because he couldn't behave. So just trying to, I don't know, I felt so sorry for him because he's trying to analyze everything that's going on and what he could do to fix it. And I know where he gets that from. That's kind of where I'm at. Um, And I've gotten better as I've gotten older with that. But here he is, an eight-year-old kid, and he's going through those things. So, you know, it's you hope with your kids – you always pass on the good things, but the bad things about you or the things that you struggle with, you hope maybe somehow that skips them, that <laughs> doesn't go to them. Well, Emmett got it full bore, so poor little guy. But anyway, the, the right thing for him right now is homeschool, and it's working out extremely well. And I tell you what, he's doing some – and then Desi, she was a little worried about is she staying caught up. So she talked to other parents that at the academy whose kids are in third, fourth, and fifth grade. Well, Emmett's officially in third grade, and uh, he's doing stuff well beyond that. So we're good to go. He's enjoying it. 
And we get an opportunity, he and I, on Wednesdays to go to the ice rink and uh, and skate, which he's gotten, man, oh, man, he's putting in the hard work. He's a hard worker. He's gotten better. So back to the story, kind of set things up a little bit for you there. We're at the ice rink, and to be honest, the last two weeks, we weren't able to go due to scheduling conflicts. I was giving speeches and presentations, and uh, um, oh, I think, I don't remember what happened the Wednesday before that, but anyway, scheduling conflict of some sort. So it had been several weeks since we've been to the ice rink. We get there, we're excited, we're getting the skates on, and a couple ladies come in, we say hi. One lady starts in, hey, to her friend, how are you? And she goes, oh boy, it's really been one of those days. Now, <laughs> anytime conversations start off like that, you're like, oh boy, here we go. So she start, goes on talking about traffic and then work, and she woke up late, and this guy at work, and and then she was driving along, and something fell off this car in front of her, and she almost had a wreck, and then she had to pull over, and on and on and on. And what happened, the lady she was talking to says, oh, yeah, tell me about it. Let me tell you about my day. And then she went on, and before you know it, she was talking about yesterday and the day before, and it just was a pity party. Now, where I interject here is immediately when I start hearing this back-and-forth pity party, my mind starts to think, oh, yeah, well, you have no idea. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is right there how quick you can turn to the dark side, right there how quick negativity sets in. Bang, it just happens. But you know what? I got a little in a little fight with myself, so to speak. Obviously, I didn't verbalize any of this, but it was in my mind. I said, hey, enough. Let's put the weed killer on that weed. Get that negativity out of here. Yeah, I feel sorry for them, but I'm not jumping in that pity party because what happened was they almost like they tried to outdo each other. Like, oh, yeah, you had a bad day. Wait till you hear my bad day. And then back and forth, back and forth. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and spiraling down on who's, who's got it worse. Oh, one of those days. Ah. So anyway, I kicked that weed's butt, so to speak, and I immediately had to fight a little bit, but I was like, you know what? I'm here with my son, and we've got this time set aside. We're going to have fun. We're going to ice skate. We're going to have a great time being together. The reason I bring that up, because I'm telling you, as, as motivating, as positive as I am, and I input as much positive as I can on a daily basis, I mean from the motivational apps I've got on my phone to inspirational YouTube channels to journaling, writing my book. All those things are positive influences, but I had a foundation of negative bullcrap, if you will, (laughs) which every once in a while springs up some negative weeds. But then also, if you're inundated with negativity, that's all you're surrounded with. And I'm not, but we walk into those environments and those those, uh, negative emotions, bang, instantaneously, it happens. So I'm telling you this, sharing this with you to let you know, hey, it's human emotions. That's how it happens. It's just that quickly. And you know what? Part of me was like, oh, yeah, well, I wanted to say something. I'm like, no, 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 don't do it. Be grateful. So there you go. That's a way when that happens, not if, but when that happens to you, the next time it happens, somebody tries to drag you into their pity party, stop it. Stop, stop, stop. Don't let those thoughts enter your mind, and if they do, quickly, get out that weed killer, if you will, that negativity, and get rid of it, and think of something positive. Think of something to be grateful for. So, him and I get on the ice, and we have an incredible time, uh, and it, it just, it was good, and it could have turned the other way. I could have started thinking about all the things, you know what, we got to hurry up with this because um, I'm late for, I'm going to be late for an appointment, or I'm behind on my paperwork because I didn't do this on Monday, la da 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 all those things, but one, whatever you focus on is going to magnify. You go down negative town, you focus on that, that's going to magnify. You start, fo- you know, block that out, go down the positive train, if you will, boom, that's going to magnify. So anyway, I wanted to start things off with that and then kind of follow up with excuses. 
We all have excuses. Now, here's the thing. Excuses at the time seem valid and they seem real. And when you build them up in your mind over and over and over again, they become the reason to give up or to kill a dream or kill an idea or you know, uh, if you were wanting to possibly start something new, maybe quit your job, maybe go back to school, maybe start self-educating, go into a conference to better yourself, whatever the case may be, instantly it's like, yes, this is a great idea. But your mind goes into protection mode, if you will, and that's excuse-making mode of all the reasons why you shouldn't do it. And that's to protect you from getting outside that comfort zone, that comfortable bubble. I know you're probably saying, well, wait a minute. If I'm, I like being comfortable. Is that a bad thing? No. Being comfortable is not a bad thing, but when we become too comfortable, too comfortable, that usually leads to complacency, and complacency will never, ever lead to the successful life that you want, will never lead to the wealth you want, will never lead, la, 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 lead to the life you want to live, your best possible life. So you've got to be careful of those excuses, because at the time, they seem valid, they seem real, and the more you play them over in your mind, the quicker they're going to kill the dream, and um, it, it happens a lot. I talk to people quite a bit. And something that seems to be popping up more and more and more is uh, people stay in their jobs because they have a mindset that they have to. Well, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. And, and yes, maybe right now you can't just up and quit, but what you can do, you can start self-educating. You can start reading more books. You can start watching positive things on YouTube. You can start listening to audiobooks. Yeah. All those different uh, uh, avenues, if you will, to self-educate. As opposed to, you know, binge watching whatever new episodes on Netflix. Now, I'm not saying you turn off the TV. You know, watch your TV, but just have a limit to it. I hear people say all the time, and I'll watch, see them post on Facebook. Oh, I'd love to do that, but I don't have the time. I don't have the time. And the sad thing is, a lot of these people are, are people without kids. <laughs> I've got three kids, so and running a business. You make your time. We've all got 24 hours. It's what we do with that 24 hours is what matters. And that's what's the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people, how you use those 24 hours. You can't buy more time, regardless how much money or how little money you have. You can never, ever buy more time. That'd be great if you could. Hey, I'd like to purchase another day, please. (laughs) Well, it doesn't work out that way. (laughs) You've got what you've got, but how you prioritize your time and what you do with the time is what matters. So maybe you're unable to quit your job right now. Uh, You've got insurance and you've got a family and uh, obviously you've got bills. I get that. But set a goal. You know what? I don't want to work at this job any longer. I don't work at this job anymore, period. Well, you may have to for another three, five years, whatever it takes. But in that time, that time's going to come and go. And if the time goes, <laughs> meaning if it doesn't come and go for you, you go, then you've got nothing to worry about anyway. However, we're going to say that you're going to be around a little bit longer. Start self-educating now. And Charlie Tremendous Jones, one of his famous lines, which I absolutely love, is the only difference between the person you are today and the person you're going to be in five years are the books you read and the people you meet. And I'll say that again for you. And Charlie Tremendous Jones is the uh, um, the author of this quote, the only difference between the person you are today and the person you'll be in five years are the books you read and the people you meet. Bang. So we know five years is going to come and go. Think about it this way. Five years ago, if you would have started planning, started reading, started doing uh, self-educating, doing a little more research on your career or a career that you want, think of where you'd be right now. Well, guess what? Five years is going to come and go again. Start it now. 
And others say, well, you know what, uh, I, I should have done it five years ago, so it's too late now. And that's something, I ran into a guy the other day who's 30 years old, 30 years old, okay? And he tells me that uh, um, I'm too old to change. Too old to change? What? And then, of course, it goes on to complain about how much he hates his job, how much this is wearing on him, and he's going to have a heart attack before he's 35, and da, 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 da. And I'm like, dude, change. What do you mean change? I can't change. I went to college for this. I went this. I said, okay, so roughly, you, you're 30 years old. I don't know. Maybe you spent 10 years maybe building toward this career because of college and then maybe a few years working in it. But if you're you're going to work till you're 65 or 70, right? So that's another 35 to 40 years you're going to work. And if you hate it now <laughs> at 30 years old, my gosh, how much more are you going to hate it in five years, 10 years, 15 years? You're never going to make it to 35, 40 years. You're right. You are going to have a heart attack. That's no way to live life. So as hard as it may seem right now, I'm telling you, do those little things now in order to make it better. But it's, it's all about those little things, those little uh, choices and those choices of time, simply because, as I mentioned, if you're watching binge watching hours of Netflix and every episode, I guess that brings up, I'm kind of sound like I'm, <laughs> I guess I'm smacking you around the right hook of reality. Uh, and it, I don't know. It, it, it's one of those, I guess you, you hear some things enough. You're just like, gosh, darn, come on people. You know, it, it, no, life's not easy, but man, you make it far harder than it needs to be when all you're doing is complaining about not having time, but yet you're posting on social media. Hey, can somebody tell me a new uh, Netflix series to watch? And you binge watch that. Well, Watch one episode, okay, but then read, self-educate, do something to better yourself. And if you don't, the horrible, horrible, horrible thing happens. All those excuses, they become real. They become reality. And then you rely on those excuses, and it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And that's just no way to live. I tell you that 100% from experience because, boy, I had excuses for everything. Now, I was always positive, optimistic, but... For the longest time there, I found it was easier to make excuses for something. Well, yeah, I'm busy. Well, yeah, I'm this. The excuses that everybody makes, I tell you what, it never, ever got me closer to my goals. Matter of fact, it pushed me further and further and further and further back from my goal. And I was like, well, I was waiting for outside uh, outside things to change. Well, it's never going to change on the outside. The outside's constantly changing anyway. I mean, but it's never going to change you. You have to change you and become the best person you can become in order to make the changes that you want on the outside. It all starts from the inside out. And if you're waiting for outside things to change to make your life better, boy, oh boy, oh boy, you're going to be in that job for 35, 40 years that you hate because it's not going to happen. And it's like, well, if we had a different boss, well, if we had a different this or that, you know what? Be your own boss. And of course, well, easier said than done. You can say that. You can do that. Well, I couldn't for the longest time, but I had that dream and vision to do it. And that leads right into our uh, post from the Daily Lion today. And once again, uh, and I need to reach out to these guys again because they've offered and they said they want to be on the podcast, which is awesome. And it's hashtag become the lion. And this is from their book, The Daily Lion, 400 Meditations on Success, Mindset, and the Art of Being a Lion. And it works right into kind of what we were talking about, about excuses. And if you don't like the job you're at, you don't like the position you're at, slowly but surely start putting in the time to make the change to live your best possible life, your best kick in life, the life that you want to live. And this is the quote for today. It says, I'd rather grind for five years than to be a slave for 60 years. Wow. Think about that for a second. I'd rather grind for five years than to be a slave for 60 years. And they go on to say in the passage here, 
Would you rather spend the next five years of your life grinding or would you rather spend the next 60 years of your life working for someone else? And of course, you can add on to that someone that you really don't like working with or a position or a job you don't like working at. Now, if you enjoy your job, holy smokes, definitely. That's great. Stay at it, but don't complain about it. <laughs> it's, it's for the ones that keep complaining. And you could always get better at your job. Always get better. And I'll finish reading this, and I want to touch on something uh, I've heard Jim Rohn say on just countless different uh, video blogs and books and uh, speeches, really, really good pertaining to this. Anyway, they go on to say, if you're willing, oh, where were we at? I lost my place. There we go. If you're willing to put in the time now, you're going to be able to live the life you want. You're going to be able to, you're going to have to give up partying, sleeping in, get rid of negative people in your life that are against you. And you're going to focus on becoming a better person, a better person than you were yesterday. If you stay complacent, you're not going to live the life you want. You have to be in it for the long haul. You don't want to become just successful. You want to maintain that success throughout your life. And that's a good point. And everybody's got a different uh, definition or interpretation of success. And success for me might be something completely different than what your definition of success is. Personally, my definition of success is, well, to be a happy person, but to be able to know that I'm making an impact in the world, know that I'm inspiring, I'm empowering, I'm motivating people who maybe aren't empowered or inspired or motivated, helping them believe in themselves to live their best possible life, helping them to believe that they can accomplish something, helping them to believe that if they're in a dead-end job or in a rut or in a bad relationship, that they can get out, that they can do better for themselves. It's that. That's what, uh, like, that makes me just, yes, that's what I'm here for. Just like yesterday, I gave another three speeches at uh, uh, one of the elementary buildings, and there are five, almost 600 kids empowered and motivated about, number one, believing in themselves. And that's something I had the kids say, I believe in me. I believe in me. And the fifth graders, they're, they're fifth and sixth, seventh and eighth. That's where those poor kids are right on that. They're still little kids, but yet they're... Um, kind of going through change and puberty, and they they want to act like they're older. They want to think like they're older, but they still got a little kid's mindset. It's a tough transition for them. So sometimes it takes a little bit of uh, a work to get them going because a few kids will say it, and the other kids are like, oh, I don't know. I'm too cool for that stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm too cool for this guy. So it takes a little bit of prod and a little bit of working and getting them fired up. But it's always a success at the end when I've got every single one of those kids going, yeah, I believe in me. I can do this because I know that at least I connected them on a le- or connected with them on a level they understood. And like I said, everybody's different. So sometimes it just takes different, uh, I like to call it my right hook of reality, but different jabs, crosses, uppercuts, whatever it takes to kind of communicate that message to the intended audience. But anyway, um, the, the speech yesterday that was I left there and I was like, yes, just pumped up. So that's my definite success, helping other people. And then on the other end, knowing that I'm doing that and feeling fulfilled and creating opportunities to spend extra time with my family, spend time with my kids, spend time with my wife, spend time with mom and dad, just the time that I have. So focusing that time and energy on feeling great about it. And I'll tell you what, after I left yesterday, yesterday was one of the most productive days I've had in quite some time. That was early in the morning. I got up uh, a little earlier than normal, got my morning routine done, went and did the speech, did a video blog. Um, goodness gracious, what else did I do? I came and did the Cowboys podcast. I had a nice lunch meeting, went over some different things. I mean, it was just a very, very productive day, and I felt really, really good about it because that was a good start in the morning, but I felt like, yes. And that was, once again, I couldn't buy any more time yesterday. But I'm telling you, that was I was more productive yesterday than I have been, well, 
I mean, I try and be productive every day, but in recent memory, simply because, yes, the feeling of doing something, and that's my my interpretation of success. Now, yours might be completely different. And when I ask people, what is your definition of success? You can probably guess what the number one answer is. Guess what it is? Money. I want more money. And when I give speeches and I ask somebody that and they say that, I call them up front and I give them a dollar. And I say, okay, you got more money. Now what are you going to do? Well, no, I meant like a lot of money. Well, you, you weren't specific about it. And even if you got a lot of money, what are you going to do with it? Well, I wouldn't have to work anymore. I wouldn't have to do this anymore. And everybody's got their reasons. I was like, well, you can have that life. Why don't you put in the time now, just like the quote said, put in the time now, work for that, and then you won't have to suffer a job for another 35 to 40 years. So anyway, I kind of uh, bing, bang, boom all around there. But I mentioned about Jim Rome and one of uh, I don't say it's my favorite quote by him, but it's one that really resonates all about if you love the job you're at, awesome, 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 awesome. That is a gift, and that's something you need to be grateful for. If you don't, well, make those changes. Like I said, maybe cut back on a Netflix episode, start self-educating. He's a big advocate of self-education is what takes you to the next level. And I'll touch on that about my uh, last five years and what I've done to self-educate and kind of where I've moved to where I'm at today. And then, of course, what I see in the next three to five years as we move forward. Anyway, his whole thing is regardless if you love your job or you hate your job, always continue to better you, better you as a person, continue to self-educate. And that gets right back into the Charlie Tremendous Jones line. The only difference between who you are today and who you are five years from now, books you read, people you meet. So get out there and keep doing that. So he used an example of when he first had his mentor, uh, Mr. Shoop, Shope, Shope, sorry, said the name wrong. He said he went to him and, uh, Mr. Shope asked him, hey, are you happy with your paycheck? And he said, no, well, I, I guess I'm paying my bills. And he said, um, so are there other people in your company that are making more than you? He says, yeah, there's, there's more that's making more than me. And he says, why is that? He goes, well, uh, I don't know. And uh, um, he goes, why aren't you making more? And, and uh, Jim Rohn says, well, that's all the company will pay me. He said, no, that's all the company's paying you because that's all you're worth. And he goes, whoa. He goes, well, yeah, but, 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 but all the excuses. And it's kind of cool hearing this from Jim Rome because I've used all these same excuses, the but, 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 but. Anytime one of my mentors mentions something, I catch myself saying that. I'm like, okay, I'm better than that. I, I butt myself to death, you know? Anyway, he says, no, there's other people in the company that are making more than that, right? So that's all you're worth to the company. That's why they're only paying you that. If you want more than that, then you need to prove your worth to the company, that you're worth more. And, of course, he had every excuse in the book, and he's listing them off. Long story short, he's now telling that story because he had it had a, a dramatic effect on him, and he's pushing that message about self-educating, continue to move forward, continue to provide more value. And then his one of his big things that he talks about a lot, and I'm talking about Jim Rome, is you will be paid upon the value that you bring to the marketplace. Marketplace. And what is marketplace? It could be anything, any field. If you're in professional sports, if you're an elite uh, hitter in baseball, man, you bring a lot of value to the marketplace. You bring a lot of value to that team, they're going to pay you more. If you're, I don't know, president of a company and that company continues to grow, well, the owner of that company, you provide value, he's going to continue to uh, give you more because you bring more value to the company, more value to the marketplace. Now, I know some of you are probably saying, well, yeah, but it's not fair because of this, because of that, because of this. And and you might be right. You might be in a situation where you're working for, I don't know, a chauvinistic pig if you're in, and they're not going to give you any raise because whatever reason, here's the thing. You continue to better you. 
And if you continue to bring more value to the overall marketplace, maybe this manager, maybe this boss or this president doesn't recognize it, but you continue to bring value, you continue to better yourself, man, somebody's going to notice. And I posted this just recently on my Facebook page and it's be, and it's um, uh, a comment that says, be so good, they can't ignore you. Now I changed it a little bit. I put, be so awesome, they can't ignore you. And that's just continue to be you. Do not get caught up in all the drama at work, all the whining and complaining about this, how this isn't fair and that isn't fair and this isn't fair. Now, here's the thing. You say, well, everybody's doing it. Well, is that working for everybody? If it is, keep doing it. But chances are it's not. Chances are it's making you feel miserable. Chances are it's bringing you down. Chances are it's not helping you become the person you want to be. So separate that. And I know it's not easy. It wasn't easy for me. It's still not easy for me, but it's the right thing to do, and that's propelling me to the level of success. And by eliminating those negative people, those toxic weeds, if you will, by doing that and removing myself, I found other people that think the way I think, other people that are inspired and motivated, and guess what they're doing? Instead of pulling me down in the negative pity party, they're rising me up to be the person I was born to be. It's not easy, but it's definitely worth it. And, you know, like we said earlier here, you get too comfortable that leads to complacency, and complacency leads to, ah, uh, you know what, it's okay. And before you know it, you're not living the life you're meant to live. You're not living the life that you were born to live, and you're never going to be the person you were born to be. you got to get away from those things. So stay away from those negative naysayers. Stay away from all the ones that are whining and complaining about work. You do you. Continue to self-educate and be the best person you can be. Now, once again, if you're happy with what's going on, if you're happy with where you're at, God bless. I'm, I'm very, I mean, that's, there's nothing more. That's perfect. But if you're not, if you're not, quit complaining and put in the work and start doing something better. It all starts with a little trickle effect. And I want you to think, once again, whatever your dreams were five years ago, well, that five years has come and gone. We're here now. Five years from now, in the future, that's going to come and go. So start planting those seeds now. Start self-educating now. Start taking those steps now. And man, have some big audacious goals, really big goals. But don't allow that to scare you that, oh, you know what, it's too big, I can't achieve it. Have that big goal. But instead of looking at the whole goal, the old saying is, instead of looking at the whole staircase, which can be intimidating and scary, one step at a time. Take it one step at a time. Take that first step and then the second step. And Martin Luther King had a great line. He said, when you're standing looking down the staircase, don't look at the whole staircase. That's intimidating. That'll scare you to death. Focus on one step at a time. Take one step at a time, and before you know it, you're going to be there. Yeah. Great advice. Great advice. So keep those big grandy goals, yes, but take one step at a time. But most importantly, if you want something different in your life, no one's going to do it for you. You've got to do it. And you know, I almost feel like I need to back up and say no one's going to do it for you because no one's going to make you change. No one's going to make you read the books. No one's going to make you do what you need to do. However, if you surround yourself with more positive, upbeat people, they're going to encourage and support and, and push you along as opposed to the others talking you out of it. Like, why, why aren't you hanging out with us anymore? Why aren't you reading anymore? How come you're not posting about whatever drama, sitcom things going on at work or, or Netflix? Well, I, I just, uh, and then you'll try and find an excuse why you're not doing it. Just say, I'm not doing it. I, I, I'm reading now. And you have a few knuckleheads that'll probably laugh at you, but you might just inspire somebody else who's been wanting to do that as well. They've been wanting to make a change. They've been wanting to do something different, but they were afraid to take that step. They were afraid to tell the, the tribe or the group or the people you're hanging around with, the other weeds, <laughs> that uh, that uh, they wanted to do something different. 
but you've got to be the one to do it. And if you don't, no one's going to do it for you. And um, to kind of follow up with that, I, I used to always hear a term, and, and you know, in the past, I, I've said it more times than I'd like to admit, is, oh, the old squeaky wheel gets the oil. The old squeaky wheel gets the oil. You got to keep squeaking in order to get the oil. And um, I, I guess part of that, yeah, the squeaky wheel is going to get the oil. The way I look at it now is nobody likes a squeaky wheel. The squeaky wheel gets replaced. So, you know, if, if, if uh, you're squeaking, 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 I don't know how that's contributing to anything positive or anything successful. It's just becoming annoying. And when you're squeaky enough, think about it. If you got a squeaky wheel on your car, if it can't be fixed, what do you do with it? You replace the doggone thing, right? Because it's annoying. So, yeah, be you. Be a standout. Be the best person you can be. But don't be an annoying squeaky wheel because sooner or later you're going to get replaced. Be you. And think about how you're going to make yourself better in order to bring more value to the marketplace. When you bring more value to the marketplace, you're enhancing the lives of others. Regardless what you do, if you're providing more value, you're providing something better, more essential, and creating better, I mean, just a better society. Regardless what you do, when you bring more value, you're helping out others in ways you can never imagine. And then, of course, what are you doing? You're also helping yourself. You're helping yourself fulfill that level of success, helping yourself become the person you want to be, helping yourself become what your definition of success is. Yeah. Now, is it as simple as everything I just said in the last 28 minutes? Yeah, it is actually, but that doesn't mean it's easy. (laughs) Simple is not easy because it's simple to say you're going to do it, but it's also simple to not do it. It's simple to say, you know what? I'm starting that exercise program. I'm doing this. I'm going to do it. I'm really going to do it. Next day rolls around. It's just as simple to hit that snooze button and not get up. I get it. I've done that. And I still occasionally do that. (laughs) And, of course, what happens? I want to kick my own butt when I finally get up. It's like, oh, come on, man. You're better than that. And I have those little arguments in the mirror and this and that. My kids, they already know I'm nuts, so that's not nothing new to them. (laughs) It'll be something like, oh, looks like Dad got up late again. Yeah. So, anyway. That's kind of crazy. Now, I share with you about the Charlie Tremendous Jones thing. I heard that, first time I heard that was with um, Jeffrey Gittimore. He's a, uh, uh, I, I like him a lot. He, I, I have my right hook of reality. His is, uh, I don't know, man, like four or five right hooks followed with an uppercut and then a knee to the chops. I mean, he, he's, he's a hard hitter with it, but it gets the point across. Some people like him and other people think he's too direct and uh, too hard, you know, <laughs> not very sensitive, but um, that's who he is. And uh, like one of his books that I read, I really, really liked one of the first books when I started, you know, getting into reading books was Yes Toward a Positive Attitude. And that was the name of the book, Yes, Y-E-S, Toward a Positive Attitude. And his, um, oh, I guess recap of the book was all about when you score a uh, when you score a touchdown or when you hit a home run or when you score the game-winning goal, you don't say, positive, yeah. No, you say, yes, and that's what leads to the positive. So it was kind of a different approach, but I was like, huh, yeah. So his was a yes to a positive attitude. When, you f- when you've accomplished something, you feel good about it, that's that yes, yeah, and that inspires you and motivates you and inspires others and powers others and that leads to that positive attitude so it was a little different approach but i really really liked it anyway back to it um he was uh which book was it uh i think the little black book of 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 connections i think it was the book that he listed the charlie tremendous jones line about the only difference between who you are today and who you'll be in who you'll be in five years books you're reading the people you meet so it was crazy that uh um 2012 I had 
and I shared this story with countless people, but I'll share a quick little version of it with you here. I had um, just quit my teaching job, and this was after I'd paid off our second bankruptcy. Our second bankruptcy was in 2008, and I was a teacher, and I really enjoyed being a teacher. I was a PE teacher, but I was doing that during the day and then trying to run the business and trying to be a family man, trying to grow the business, and then trying to keep my <laughs> everything else straight and moving forward um, at the time. And as I mentioned, in 2008, we were bankrupt, so I was trying to build the business back from the ruins of nothing, but we had a bankruptcy plan where we paid it back um, over the course of four years. And it came right out of, you know, my teacher's check there, so I never saw it. But anyway, my goal was, as soon as that was paid off, to go ahead and quit my teaching job to really pursue the business full time. Now, my parents and family members are like, are you out of your mind? This is your second bankruptcy, and you've had your house foreclosed on, your cars repossessed, you lost your Harley, everything else, boom, when is enough going to be enough for you? And I was like, well, I, I don't know how to answer that. I, I know I can do this. I know I can make this work. I know I can make this martial arts academy grow and help impact and change the lives of thousands upon thousands. I know I can get out there and speak and help inspire the uninspirable. But I just don't know. I, I know why I want to do it because it's the right thing. I just don't know how to do it. Anyway, so we go through and uh, 2012 rolls around, uh, rolls along here and um, – Bankruptcy's paid off. The business is starting to grow a little bit, but I know I want to take it to the next level. So I decide, you know what, I'm going to retire from teaching. I don't know if retire is the right word after 11 years, but anyway, I stopped teaching, submitted my resignation, and Desi, bless her heart, she's just been the backbone of foundation and support this whole time. And she was a little leery, but she's like, okay, well, let's do this thing. You know, what, what what's going to happen? A third bankruptcy? Oh, well, whatever. We don't want to go through that again, obviously, because I tell you folks, that Ooh, that that's tough. I, I, I kind of write it off now because it's just part of the success journey and part of the tale, if you will. But man, oh man, those there's there's nothing worse. I'm a probably too prideful guy, so to have to file for bankruptcy and go through all the proceedings and you know swallow your ego and swallow your pride and the ego is a, a good thing to go. Unfortunately, it, it took a little while for that to eventually go. Now I've got the humility mindset where I'm constantly learning from everybody. But anyway, that's another story. But yeah, that that's that's tough. That really, really is. And I used to be for the years upon years embarrassed to even talk about that because, wow, how can I talk about being successful when I've been bankrupt? Now I realize that just about every successful person has gone through something like that. And hopefully, you know, uh, if you're successful and you're the level of success you are, hopefully you've never had to go through the bankruptcy. But I know you've had to fight, claw, scratch, pinch, poke, bite, battle, whatever it takes to get there. It's not a straight line, as we know. It's a zigzag all over the place, forward, backward, sideways, upside down line in order to get to success. So anyway, 2012 comes, quit my job, and now what What do I do? Well, I don't have any more knowledge now than I did <laughs> when I was still teaching, but what I did have when I was teaching was at least an income. And teachers didn't make that much, but it was still 45000 a year, um, but that's gone. Boom, nothing. And once again, I don't have any more knowledge now than I previously did. I just don't have income coming in, but it's somehow I'm going to make this business grow. I wasn't really sure how, so what did I do? The martial arts community started getting more involved with them, more involved with a, um, a group I was with that was helping our business grow, and I attended my first conference with the martial arts community outside of this organization I was with. And on a future podcast, I'm going to talk in depth about the organization that I was with and how sometimes when you're with the wrong organization or with your wrong group of people, I, I talk about it all the time, how it holds you back or keeps you down, but sometimes... It's, it's more extreme than you can ever imagine until you step outside and then you look back in and it's like, oh my gosh, wow. But 
That's that's for another podcast. That's for another story. I want to continue on this so I can emphasize the point about, you know, five years where you're going to be, where you could be, because that was five years ago, 2012, right? Anyway, um, I attend this first conference and I connect with these people and they're, they're, they're speaking my language. They're talking about this, but what they've got is years of experience of growing their business. Also, they've got a tremendous level of success and wealth and everything else that comes along with it. And my interpretation of wealth, just like everybody else, you know, I had that mindset of, oh, money is the root of all evil, rich people or bad people. I don't know why that seed was planted, but that sucker was in full flourish. I mean, it really was. And by the way, look it up in the Bible. It doesn't say money is the root of all evil. It says it's a root of all evil. Well, guess what? So is eating a lot. So is eating 15 candy bars, <laughs> right? Anything you obsess, uh-oh, <laughs> anything you obsess more than uh, whatever your spiritual power is, but anything you put above, anything holy, that is the root of all evil. So if you've got a gambling problem, that's a root to evil, right? There you go. So money's not the root of all evil. It's, you know, the person that is. So anyway, I'm around these people that you're wildly successful and wildly wealthy, and what's the first thing I notice? One, they're, they're so down to earth. They're so willing to share their ideas, their concepts, their thoughts on how to help elevate me to a higher level. And I was thinking, well, who the heck am I? What the heck? And of course, that limited mindset had me thinking, all right, what's, uh, what do they want out of this? Where, where's, where's it going to happen? You know, I got to be leery. I got to be cautious because they're going to take advantage of me. That's that limited mindset, that fixed mindset, you know, and these guys, and I see them, you know, we're part of this charitable organization. We're part of this charitable organization. And I still was like eh, a little bit on the leery side, but what I learned with this group of people, and it was such a shift from the group I was with before and well, actually was currently still with was all about helping others, helping others achieve success, helping others become better because their mindset was if you're a better person and I had something to do with that, gosh darn it, that makes me feel good and you're going to pay it forward and make somebody else a better person and then make somebody else a better person. This was totally just, I'm talking bipolar opposite than I'd ever thought, I'd ever heard and ever been around. So I was like, okay. And then they started talking about guys like Zeke Ziegler and John Maxwell and Jeffrey Gittimore and Jack Canfield and Jim Rome and Tony Robbins and all these guys I'd never even heard of before. I was like, oh, my gosh, what is this? So I just dove right in. I remember uh, the, the first audible book I bought, or I'm sorry, it was a CD, was Zeke Ziegler, Better Than Good. And I put that thing in the car, and it was like a seven-disc set or something. Holy cow, it was, it was a big one. And my kids would get in the car and you've heard them on the podcast before and they'd say, dad, do we have to listen to this Ziegler guy again? <laughs> so yeah, we're going to listen to it. Gosh, darn it. It's good for you. So you know, I'm yelling at him because we want to listen to something positive. That's always good motivation. But uh, it grew from there. Before I know it, I had another one, then another one, another one. And it just started growing. And then I started reading. It was like, I didn't know I could read five years ago. I didn't know who these guys were five years ago. So then I attended another conference and then another conference and I'm seeing the same things. And I'm like, whoa, it's almost like somebody took the lid off here, right? Broke the glass ceiling, if you will, whatever analogy you like. And now it's a wealth of knowledge. All the garbage that was in my head was certainly, there wasn't room for it anymore. So we started shoveling it out, if you will. Be honest, there's a lot of foundation built there. So there's still occasional weeds that pop up, as I talked about at the beginning of the podcast. But for the most part, all this is coming in. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, 
what the heck? This is amazing. And they're talking about success. They're talking about motivation. They're talking about not being afraid to make money as long as you're doing the right thing with it. You know, if you're helping out others, you. so an example is, uh, they asked how much I was giving a chair. And I said, well, I give as much as I can. I said, well, how much? I said, I don't know, maybe $50 a month. I said, okay, well, that, that's, that's admirable. You're giving what you can. But think about this. If you were to higher level success, that $50 could turn into 100, then 500, then 1,000. And now on average, we give anywhere from, I don't know, 1,000 to 1,500 bucks a month just to charitable organizations. Now, I'm not saying that to brag or to pat myself on the shoulder. I'm telling you that because I went from only given maybe, and I'm saying maybe, <laughs> $50 a month to what we're given now simply because of what I'm doing, kind of paying it forward, trying to help inspire and motivate people that, you know, maybe you're like I was five years ago. Maybe you're at it right now. Maybe you're lost. Maybe you want to do more, but you're afraid that, oh, well, if I make money, then people aren't going to like me. Now, I'm not saying I'm a, well, I'm a multimillionaire, but I'm saying as I continue to give back, as I continue to help others, as I continue to make less excuses and find positivity, everything in my life is improving. And I, I share the story five years ago and another part of it, I was broke in every imaginable way. And I guess almost 10 years ago two, or nine years ago in 2008 there, I was broke. I, I think I had 30 cents in the doggone checking account <laughs> before we went bankrupt. So that's a little rough, but I was broke mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and of course, financially. But to continue to input positivity, to continue to self-educate, and it all started with that one step. Now, has it been super easy over the last five years? Absolutely not. Man, oh man, I fought some battles. But here's the thing. I look back now, I was like, I was going to fight those battles anyway, because if I was going to keep making excuses of why I wasn't where I wanted to be, you know, I'm fighting those battles. I'm making excuses why I'm not. So I took the steps. It wasn't easy. It still isn't easy. There's daily, well, like I mentioned, just Wednesday at the ice rink, <laughs> you know, had that temptation to jump in that pity party. And, and you know the bad thing about pity parties? No one brings gifts. No one brings gifts. The only thing they bring is more pity. They try and outdo your pity, right? <laughs> but it's it's there. But if you continue to plant the right seeds, man, I'm telling you what, but you've got to make the choice. You've got to make the choice to self-educate. You've got to make the choice to do better, to bring more value, as Jim Rome says, to the marketplace. And I tell you what, you start doing those little bitty things, those little daily disciplines, and they're not going to be easy, especially if you're breaking away from a negative peer group, especially if you know people are telling you, be the squeaky wheel. You know, in your heart, that doesn't feel right. Be better than that. So anyway, fast forward. Here it is five years later. We own our uh, our building, and uh, it's a half a million dollar building. How that's even possible, I don't even know because of the bankruptcies and everything else. But it's all about that belief, all about putting in the time, effort, and work. And the biggest thing is uh, Desi quit her nursing job in uh, 2014, and now we've got a lot of brains working in the business, so that definitely helps. <laughs> helps a lot because prior to that, I was a one-man band just running around in circles. I was working hard, but I wasn't as productive, but I was continuing to find time to self-educate, to become better, to attend more conferences, and it's that trickle effect. But uh, So anyway, she left her job in 2014, started taking over all the administrative duties, and the first six months we were working together were not easy at all because I'm type, I think about the only A I ever got in my life other than PE <laughs> was is my personality, type A++. So I'm all over the place and she's extremely conservative about, I'm going to do one thing and we're going to move on to the next. One thing, move on to the next. And I'm like, no, we got to do 15 things. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. She goes, one thing, we'll knock that out and then I'll move on to the next one. And I'm scatterbrained trying to do 15 things. Her doing, it's almost like the tortoise and the hare, right? The tortoise keeps moving along. The hare's a 
you know, freaking mess jumping all over the place, squirrel and everything else. Boom. She's now developed a system for almost everything we do at the academy by doing one thing at a time, one thing at a time. And the biggest thing was we had to identify what our roles were in the business. And we are yin and yang to the extremes, you know, but if you ever look at the yin and yang or Korea, it's the um and yang, uh, yin and yang is black and white. Um and yang is the blue and red, just more full of life and colorful, but Anyway, they both have a center line that cuts the, uh, those two halves in half there, and that's the perfect balance between the harmonies. Now, I would love to say we have the perfect balance, but that would be totally, <laughs> totally not truthful at all. We, we bleed over to one side or the other, but we found a pretty doggone good balance, and that's what's led to the level of success. That's what's allowed me the opportunity to have this podcast, to go around to schools and give them speeches and motivate and inspire and empower others through hard work, but... It was the hard work of blocking out, not making excuses that has led to this. And in the next five years, well, I plan to have at least two books, possibly three books out. I plan to travel as much as possible. But with that, I plan to have my family come along. So when we travel to a city and I give a speech, we also have a vacation on top of that. So that's my future goal. The goals for the studio in the next five years to bump our enrollment up, I don't know, five, 600 students, and that will give a greater impact to the community, helping our community become a happier, healthier, and safer place to live. But those are the goals, and you can achieve any goal you want, but you've got to stop with the excuses. you got to stop with and the reason excuses. Yes, they seem valid. They seem real. But the more you build them up in your mind, the more real they're going to appear, the more real they're going to become. And, and oh, man, that's going to be tough. So anyway, um, wow, that's good stuff. Good stuff. So Obviously, the, the two quotes from the day, once again, from the Daily Lion, I'd rather grind for five years than to be a slave for 60 years. Think about that one. And think about Charlie Tremendous Jones's quote of um, the only difference between the person you are today and the person you'll be in five years are the books you read and the people you'll meet. Bang, that's it. So and my advice and tips to you, you know, make a difference. Be the person you were born to be. Start reading books. Start self-educating. Start, you know, uh, bringing more value to your time so you can bring more value to the marketplace so you can create a more valuable society for everybody and most importantly yourself. Now, does that sound selfish? Well, here's the thing. If you're not a valuable person yourself, how in the world are you going to create value for somebody else? And that was a right hook reality I got from one of my mentors <laughs> when I was telling him I didn't have time to exercise. I didn't have time for this and that. And he says, well, I guess you're not giving everybody hundred percent then. And I said, well, what do you mean? I'm giving everything I've got. He goes, well, you can't give everything you've got if you don't have everything to give because you're not taking care of yourself. And I was like, whoa, that was a shock. And of course, I was like, well, I don't want to be selfish. He goes, no, you're being selfish by not taking care of yourself. So it's once again, just a different way to look at things. Anyway, wow, that's a good show, right? Yeah. How you feeling? Feeling good? Any excuses? No? Good. I feel like I've done something then. All right, everyone. As always, you can find us on YouTube, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And hey, as always, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you listen to previous episodes. We're on episode, I don't know, almost 45, I believe. John shaking, yes, 45. Wow, 45 episodes. Who would have thunked it, right? So make sure you, like I said, subscribe, share this with others who you know would benefit from this message and listen to it more than once. And keep paying it forward, pass it on. If you're inspired by something you heard or something you want to hear, drop some comments in the comment boxes, tweet us, email us, Facebook us, message us, I guess. <laughs> Let us know what your thoughts are. And until we talk again, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, you get out there and do your best. And I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed everybody. God bless you and your loved ones. I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. 
Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to another exciting Kickin' Life podcast. This is Master Rich Grogan, your Kickin' Life guru, reminding you you can find our podcast online at kickinlifepodcast.com or through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcast. Tune in next week. Another exciting show coming your way. In the meantime, you get out there and do what you do best, and I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. Talk to you real soon. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.